Hola, amor. Hola, cariño. Hello, and welcome to Uy, que horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. I'm Eileen. Hey, girl. How's, How's it, it going? going, dude? Oh, it's good. It's good. <laughs> living it up. Living the life. You know what's funny? <laughs> we always, like, when we see each other and make the, our call to talk to each other, we shouldn't even, like, say hello or how are you or whatever. Because Why I do we like, do it? Because we, then when we get to this moment, we're like, uh, 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 uh because <laughs> we've already said yeah. the niceties that we say to each other anyway. Yeah. So Eileen and I have already been like, hi, good morning. How are you? How's your coffee? Yeah. I actually saved a little piece of information for you. Uh, I did yoga this morning. Holy fuck, dude. I really scheduled out my week where I was like, because wow. when you have like a presenting week is what I'm going to call it. Like uh -huh. when you pick the movie and have to like break it down, it's a little sure. bit more, more like work. time consuming. See. But I like really tried to time it out, like figure it out, Johnny, like take your notes, get shit done. And I had enough time. To do a fucking full yoga class. Mira, this look morning. at you. Chocho, si me gusta to wake up and do your thing, man. I did it. You uh, nailed it. Eileen, she made a, a shrimp marinade this morning. I so... marinated some shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> I marinated some shrimp. So by the time this is done, I'm going to make myself some shrimp to add to my cold noodle salad that I have some leftover cold noodle salad. It's going to be delightful. We uh, are nailing it. <laughs> Look at us adulting <laughs> the shit out of this day. God damn. Um, well, let's talk spooky movies. How about it? Let's talk spooky movies. I just want to make a, make a point to, like, earlier this week, Johnny sent me a text with a picture of oh. the monster from our previous movie, La Entidad, that is fully in view, like like it's the moment where we see the the uh, like the smudgy creature appear in Lucas's mirror. Yes, and he was like, "Look at the picture; it's here. Like, there's an actual monster there, like a face and everything. You see the full thing, like the head, like drooping off and everything. The whole thing." And I was like, "I wonder why we don't we didn't get it." And I and it made me think like. I even Googled, like, Amazon viewing of La Entidad Monster. Nothing really came up. And I was like, I wonder if all those smudges that we saw actually had, like, a visible being there that we didn't see because of some sort of, I don't know, glitch in the Matrix? <laughs> but I, I think you're actually right about that. It probably... Could it have been the 3D thing? That's what I think it was, that it did not translate well to just regular, you know, movie watching experience when you're not Be watching which... it with your... I, absolutely. So I think that was... At first I was like, copyright? But what the fuck? Como, what? Pero How? Como, How? Like, eh? <laughs> your yeah. own created creature? Si, it no. honestly sucks that we didn't get to see yeah, that it creature. Been, it would have been... I feel like... That's the full, that's the full effect. Yeah. We should tag... Eduardo Schult, I think is the the director's si, name, si, and be si, like, si, si. even though we gave it a two, um, <laughs> <laughs> and be like, why can't we see the monster? What's yeah. going on here? And maybe, I wonder if he even knows that Amazon Prime is like, here is an incomplete monster for you. Well, Mr. Schult, hello, you should know that it you looks like a You should write an angry smudge. letter <laughs> to yeah. Amazon. Also, 
since we're on this subject, uh -huh. very quickly. So, at the top of La Entidad episode, yeah, we laughed like assholes at La Cahuarmi. Oh my God, <laughs> so, yes! Okay, go for so it. So, I was like... This means something. So I looked it up, and in Quechua, it means darkness woman. So this got me thinking. Mm -hmm. La Kawarmi is fucking Carla. Yeah. She filmed all those videos yep. to get people at the cemetery yes. so that shit could spread. Yes, absolutely. Dude. Brother, mira, somos estúpidos. I must say, I appreciate that little extra kind of... I agree. I thought, like, good good little detail there, Lion. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. It would have honestly, nah, well, maybe pumped it up like half a point, but probably not. Anyway, probably not. let's keep going, everybody. Yeah. So This week, we have your choice. I picked this movie. It is called 2012 Curse of the... Ishtabai. This is a 2012 movie from Belize. Okay, so we talked about this, and I did mm -hmm. some I did some uh, pre googling because, like a terrible person that feels like didn't go to school properly <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> I was like, "Is Belize considered Latinoamericano?" And you were like, yes. And I was like, I think so, because it is part of the continent. It's part of Centro America. The difference I've discovered with my small Google, which smacked me in the face like, duh, Eileen, is that Belize is obviously a Latin American country, but it's just not a Hispanic country because it's not a Spanish-speaking country. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. It's, in the, it's in the Mayan territory, and the Yucat it's close to the Yucatan in Mexico, so like Creole, the language is English and Creole-based, but, but it's still Latino America, the way that Brazil speaks Portuguese, so that's not Hispanic. Yeah. You know what I mean? So la misma cosa. So I'm really, I was really excited that we got to yeah. watch something and honestly see a very raw cut of Belize. Let me tell you guys, wanderlust galore. Oh I my want God. to go so bad. Hell yeah. Me too. Let, it's, I mean, dude. just beautiful waterfalls, gorgeous, hot jungle just so wonderful it made me miss central america so much me too so yeah. many times i wrote fuck let's go to belize dude hell yeah shit well we're putting it on our list so yes let's somewhat go to belize right now in this movie um this is belize's first feature length film or according to imdb the first belizean produced feature film. Cool. So this was directed by Matthew Clink and written by, get ready everybody, Miriam Antoinette Ochaeta, Aaron Bevis, Nicasio Koch, Robert Grieg, Roseli Hernandez, Nahanda Ijinio, Jeffrey Louis Lopez, Memory Magdaleno, and Edgardo Cerrut. And I, you will find out why yes, very soon. Very quickly. Why it's written by all these fucking people. <laughs> Very ah. soon. Uh, give us a little synopsis. Sounds good. So uh, this synopsis, I found it on IMDb. So thank you, IMDb, as usual, thank for you. being a provider of information. A sealed ancient Mayan cave would be blown open, unleashing Ishtabai to wreak havoc on the world and destroy civilization. 
She begins by infecting the inhabitants of a nearby village with a terrible and deadly fever. The government responds by placing the village under quarantine. Very familiar to our times now. A team of students, along with their teacher, escape into the jungle to find a cure, guided only by a dream. They go deep into the bowels of the Mayan underworld, hunted by Ishtabai herself. Will they ultimately succeed in defeating the evil Ishtabai and saving mankind from her curse? How many will live to tell the tale? End of episode, because that synopsis (laughs) was thorough as fuck. (laughs) That is absolutely exactly what happens in this film. Okay, are we ready? Ready. All right, let's go. So we open with a little title card that says, Folklore of the evil spirit Ishtabai goes back generations in Belize. There are many versions of the tale. This was inspired by stories from elders in San Antonio Village. Then boom, we get industrial dance rock music that sounded to me like a song cut from Born This Way by Lady Gaga. It was... <laughs> I. It was also the fu- the first jump scare yes, of this film. Totally. This song. Ridiculous. <laughs> so this music was all written for this movie, aside from like a few songs that they added in, but uh-huh. the music in this film, it is all genres, all genres. Cuando yo te digo que yo escribí, I wrote, This sounds like a bad version of Bush or Soundgarden. (laughs) But like with the dance pop beat in there, I honestly was like kind of like bopping my head to it. So was I. So was I, dude. Oh my God. So I was like, this song doesn't seem to go along with this opening. No, it doesn't fit in the movie whatsoever. Okay, so literally Lady Gaga... Bush and Soundgarden. Just put that together, everybody, and that's what you're listening to right now. So, also, my favorite thing that it does in these opening credits is that it says, Positivity, Teamwork, and Raw Talent Present. Which, that is the case for this movie. Because this is like, (laughs) all hands on deck, everybody. Here we go. Which I honestly... Kind of love. This is low budge central. Like you can tell they were like, oh, you're an actor. Yes, but you're also a filmmaker, a, a writer, uh, a builder, uh, a fucking typewriter. Like you're everything. You're a typewriter. So <laughs> <laughs> over these opening credits, we get these blue dreamy shots. Now I got to tell you specifically what they're showing because it does kind of tie back in. Yeah. We see people hiking through the jungle. We see a person with like a fire torch exploring a cave. We see this very weird looking blonde woman creature thing. And then boom, we get our title 2012 Curse Adi Ishtabai. That is in Creole, I believe. Yes. We get a few more blue dreamy shots. We see a weird looking statue that looks like it's wearing a headdress. It looks very Mayan to me, this statue. Yes, very much so. We see a woman running towards some military-looking guys, people coughing, and then, importantly, a second statue of, like, this weird weeping or screaming woman holding a bowl. At least that's what it looked like to me. Yes, that's exactly what it looked like. Then we are in Nahanda's bedroom. She is waking up from this dream, these blue dreamy shots. She's clearly disturbed by it. She gets dressed. 
and she sits down to watch some morning news, and this felt like real Belize news to me. Yeah, if like, you see the credits, they thank the Belizean news team because I think they actually got the news people. Which is today. very cool. Very cool. Also, I just want to say, when she came out in that dress, I was like, oh my God, this Beautiful dress. dress. I want that she, dress uh, so bad. It was so colorful and like a fun back that like a racer back. So I was like, yes. girl, this dress all day, every day. Where can I find it? I'm so it? glad that you mentioned that because when she came out, I also thought like, what a gorgeous dress. Great She's dress. really rocking this thing. Amazing. She looked great. So Nahanda in this gorgeous dress sits down. She's watching the news. And these accents are beautiful and thick. Yes. And thank God that's, that this movie has subtitles. Yes, absolutely. The reporter on the news tells us some Americans near San Antonio Village were drilling for oil. They broke into Offering Cave. And to get inside the cave, they had to blow up a wall that the Mayans set up over a thousand years ago. Two of the team members of this fucking American explosion crew died mysteriously of a strange fever after the expedition. Mm-hmm. Not good. Nahanda's mom then calls to her, so she goes to have breakfast with her little brother, Tommy. So Nahanda explains to her mom, she's like, I have that same dream again. I'm having it every single night. In the dream, she's in the middle of the jungle. Something is telling her that she needs to find this thing. And this mom and is it... really supportive and being like, oh, totally. girl, again, you you keep having this dream. Every night. It must be a premonition because if you're having it, like some people have these prem, prem, premonitive, premonitive, premonitive. <laughs> Premonitions? Pre no, like a dream that is of whatever. Premonitive. <laughs> Oh no, I I've had a stroke. I don't know. A prema a premonition dream. Lots of people have sure. these like types of dreams. <laughs> Premonitive. That is a new word that Eileen just created. Listen, I tried to be, be a real smart. fucking word. I think it is. How dare you question Maybe my it intelligence? Is. But I agree that the mom and honestly everybody in this movie is super supportive of Nahanda's yeah. dream. They're like, "You, these are facts. This is the truth. You should listen to it. Yeah. Which I loved that they were so supportive Agreed, of because it's the most frustrating thing in, in all these horror movies when people will be like, uh, shut up, you're an idiot. Or like, you're talking Just, out of your yeah, ass. Calm down. Yeah, I hate that. I agree. Nahanda then heads to school, and this classroom was ANS to me, American Nicaraguan School. Oh my where and God. I reconnected. I was like, <laughs> wow, is that me in that classroom? Because it fully, fully, the first shot you see is a shitty fan. And I was like, yep, we had ceiling fans and the windows with the blades, the slatted the windows. Slatted windows. Yes. Bro. Now, in Nicaragua, it was hot. Hot. Like, hot as fuck. And so, but we didn't have air conditioning nope. in our classroom, so it was all fan and these slatted windows, so you get like a cross breeze. And just Still hope hot for in the there. best. But, so here they are at ANS, <laughs> and <laughs> the teacher who is called Maestro, Maestro, Maestro throughout this entire I movie. I love that they called him Maestro. <clears throat> so sweet. So he's trying to teach math and honestly, the, the, the thing he gave them to figure out, my brain was like, que? I have no... No clue. It was like a two plus two equals eighty or something random like that. But then that. he and added in Roman numerals. Yeah. I was, I tried. I was lost. Yo, no, I was like math <laughs> on a weekend. No, thank you. 
and all of a sudden this dude sitting behind her starts to barf blood disgusting and then industrial <laughs> lady gaga again. bush sound garden club we're back in it maestro and the students carry this barfing guy out of the classroom we get another news report and this reporter is telling us that the fever is spreading like wildfire bodies are dropping and i was again like you said is this now Jesus Christ. Crazy. The, the reporter says doctors and experts can't get a handle of the situation, and the government of Belize is sending BDF, which means Belize Defense Force, soldiers to lock down and quarantine San Antonio Village. We're coronavirus, we dude. Girl, full coronavirus totally. right now. So we get a shot of the military. They've got machine guns and everything. They're driving into town, and they create like a perimeter for people not to come in or out. I was like, like you're stuck. Yo, Lockdown. this is a disease. You're they are crawling out of that fucking truck like they are about to go into battle. I was like, you Full. guys Full gear. Whoa. Yeah. Cut back to Nahanda's house and we see Tommy, her little brother, playing. And then there's there's a window behind him. There seems to be like a strong breeze blowing the curtains and kind of blowing on Tommy. It sounds like there's a baby crying in this see, breeze. It's very strange. See, if the baby was was a common throughout sound the throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So the breeze blows onto Tommy and immediately he's coughing. <laughs> this, immediately. This- actor kid though kid. Está sentado with his little toys and it's obvious that the that the director just said okay and now you start coughing now now cough now, now cough. cough and he yeah. like kind of like you can see his little eyes kind of like kind turn of and he's like there's a little smile on his face and he's like <laughs> you know that that meme of that cat where somebody's like this is what it looks like when little kids cough it on you and it's that cat with a crooked face like that that is full tommy uh so tommy starts to cough like crazy and then the mom comes in she puts her hand on his forehead she's like you are burning up so she picks him up and off we go to the doctor at the doctor's office we get that shot from the dream sequence of everybody coughing in the the waiting room the whole pueblo is there fucking coughing it up into un trapo híjole put a mask on everybody yeah i wrote coronavirus masks on everybody (laughs) hello the doctor luckily like immediately sees this boy but this doctor is bro useless (laughs) this doctor is having a panic attack he first of all she puts Tommy on the examining table and he barely gives him a glance over. He's like, I, don't, he's, I can't do anything. He's, I can't do anything. He's like, and he puts his hand on the forehead. He's like, Mira, come with me to the window. And they go to the window and he's like, I am having a hard day, girl. Like he is fully <laughs> losing his shit. Like, agarrándose yeah. la cabeza. Like, you don't know, dude. There's so many people fucking dying. I don't know what to do. And she's like, you're not helping here. He explains that this is a curse, people are dying, and leaves this mother with no, no options. Answers no answers at all. And he also tells her, because she's like, well, I got to get out of here. I got to go take my son to see a doctor. And he says, you cannot leave. No, because, you can't get out of town. because quarantine. Now, this is a good time to also mention that this scene, along with every scene in this movie, is ad-libbed. Oh. This is all ad-libbed. Everything, everything is an improv. They are all, yeah. like... You can absolutely tell that the director's like, this is what the what I want you to convey. Rough idea. Yeah. Yes. Just give me this and then but you guys can say whatever the fuck you want. Which 
equates to everyone talking over each other, and it was <laughs> maddening. I, I, I couldn't. I can't. I shan't. I shan't. I liked this ad lib idea behind it. Again, it feels very thrown together. And from what I read after, you know, doing my research on this, this was filmed in four days. <gasps> no. Yeah, that's what I read. Four days. So, wow. That makes sense, though. <laughs> I mean, the performances, some are not great. However, the ad lib adds like a layer of more groundedness to some of the perform the characters and the performers which i really liked and i sometimes didn't mind the talking over one another because it almost felt like a real group of teenagers to me who would be like just like talking over one another right i get it though that it was like it was hard to kind of be like what exactly are you trying to tell me in this scene but I still like I didn't mind it. Sure. I don't know. That's that's <laughs> your opinion and you're entitled to it. I wanted to I was like, can you shut Everybody up back shut there? Up. I was like, <laughs> this person is trying to say like important information. And yeah. Juan que se yo que puta ya traje esta que wiri 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 que no sé qué cuánto que qué está pasando yo no sé pero not in Spanish you know what I mean and I was like you guys yeah. anyways well even even as we will find out later a little bit of Spanish in the back yes, as well as true. all this dialogue so we cut back to the military and they're doing like what is this called car checks. Like they, they sure, stop the car. Or sweeps. Yeah, sure. But then one of them starts to yell, hey, stop, you can't pass this area. And we see that this mom yeah, is straight up Nahanda's walking mom. toward Nahanda's mom. Yeah, she's like, I got to find a doctor for my son, Tommy, or else he's going to die. Like, I don't have a choice. So she continues to walk toward the military. Also, this is part of Nahanda's dream. Like, she sees yes. this in her dream of her mom walking up the road towards the military. And just off in the distance, the school happens to be right nearby. Nahanda and her class hear all this happening, so they rush toward the windows, and they're like, holy shit, Nahanda, that's your mom. That's your mom, dude. The mom continues to push forward, and the military straight up shoots her to death. I was like, this seems extreme. Like, first of all, she has nary a bag, nary a weapon, nary an anything, and they're like, do not approach. We will shoot. And they literally say, we will fatally shoot you, ma'am. Thank goodness she didn't have her son with her. Because he would have been shot to death, too. So Nahanda freaks out, of course, of course. because she just saw her, m her mother murdered in front of her. So Maestro and the class, they sit her down. And Nahanda explains, this is my fault. I, I've been having this dream. There's a curse. That's telling me everybody's going to die unless we listen to the dream and we do what the dream is leading me to do. And everybody is like, facts, let's, we're going to do this. We're going to the jungle. Here we go. Pack up your bags. Let's go. Maestro <laughs> says one of my favorite lines, which was, if you dream that and your dream comes to reality, we have to do something about that. I was like, Okay. <laughs> And that's that, everybody. Anyway, on period, as the youth will say. <laughs> My God. Uh, we then cut to a bar. There's this blonde white guy drinking by himself. Nahanda shows up and asks if this guy, his name is John, who has got 
a full Belizean accent. Now, when like, when we say Belizean, it's very much Caribbean sounding accent. Like it's Creole. Mm-hmm. It's you know I equate it to the closest thing to like a Jamaican accent, but obviously sure. from Belize. So it's weird to hear him, this white guy, the only white yeah. guy in the film, because everybody else is black or Latino or uh, mestizo looking, and this fucking blonde. Uh, Blonde, blonde-eyed, this blonde, <laughs> blue-eyed guy be like full, full, full accented accent. is kind yeah. of jarring. Absolutely. Enough so that I was like, I also had to read the subtitles to follow along with what he was saying. Yeah. So Nahanda shows up and talks to John. She asks him, take her and her crew, like these students and maestro, to Offering Cave. I love this line she says. She says, uh, will you care we? Like, will you take care of us? I think it was like carry, but the word instead of take ah. is carry. Oh, I thought it was care we. I think it's carry we. Ah, interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure which one it is, well, to be totally honest. I mean, we, well, don't, either way, we don't speak Creole They at didn't all. write, no. like, will you take care of us? It's like, will you take us? The subtitles are genuinely translating a lot of the stuff like a lot of the words are obviously the same because when they do have English sparingly throughout you hear that but then when the Creole comes in you're like I don't know so I like that a lot that you're like look how close and yet how far like without it we would not know what the fuck is going on totally so she's like will you take us and he says well the town's under under lockdown we can't go anywhere But as soon as Nahanda says, well, the cave is open, the cave is now open, he kind of perks up and he agrees to do it for $1,000. He says, you got 10 minutes and then we're out of here. So it's like, we're going. Let's get out of here. 10 minutes to get him (laughs) $1,000 is a a (laughs) far-fetched, sir. Totally. Especially because they're like teens or supposed to be teens. Yeah, how are you going to find this? So then Nahanda goes to collect the crew. She brings them in. And this is the full crew, which... The the ones that really stuck out to me were Nahanda, her her friend, and then the two like redheaded twin gals. But then there's like a smattering of boys that I had trouble being like who, which I'm not sure. It's three boys and four gals, and Maestro, and then John. Yes, two of the girls have brought bags with them, and he's like, you can't take those bags. So he's like, I have stuff in this back room for you. He hands out machetes, <laughs> tents, and backpacks. And, like, the two twin girls pick up these <laughs> machetes like they're turds. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> and he's all so, like, we're going to the bush, not to L.A. I was like, okay, sir. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the twins are, like, they're ready to go. Yeah. So the next thing we know, our crew is able to sneak easily past the military, and we're hiking through the jungle. Did you see that they literally jumped over a dead person? I did, yes. So people are either, that was either a person shot by the military or, like, the fever got them, but they're just, like nonchalant here's a dead person fuck it fuck it sorry sir we're jumping over you and quote unquote sneaking past the military which i was like they can see you guys oh so we're hiking through the jungle and they pass under this like weird thing hanging from the trees one of the guys says damn dude that's some blair witch project shit right there which of course i loved but i could not it looked just like a hanging vine or something. I I couldn't tell. Uh-huh. So one of the twins, her name is America. I think that was America. Yes, I think so too. Because it's America and Rosalie are the two redheaded twins. 
I had a couldn't. Tw- I can't Girl, tell between I these two fucking twins. I couldn't tell either. So one of the the redheaded twins, whichever one it was, I'm not quite sure. She's fully like she's Jason Voorhees machetes swinging everywhere. She, she is, is loves this thing. Couldn't I just like swinging it around? I was like, mama. She and so she's about to machete this tree, and John is like, hey, stop, because <laughs> that's a white poison wood tree. Which, if you get that white sap on you, it's going to burn your skin like acid. This never comes back into the movie. But we're about to get, like, a science lesson portion of this movie, which I actually really liked. Because it felt very, like, here we are, really in Belize. I I liked it. Mm -hmm. Soon enough, people start to get hungry. So John walks up to the tree and he cuts this, like, brown hump thing off the tree. It's a termite Nest? Termite nest, yeah. And everybody has this delicious, nutritious termite lunch, which I liked that nobody was like, ew, gross. They're all just like, cool, yeah, let's try this. Okay, here's- I, I, I like that. Here's the thing, though. Great. I, I also love that nobody was like, ew, why are you eating termites? Whatever. We are 15 minutes into the jungle. You're going to tell me none of you motherfuckers packed a fucking sandwich to put in your backpack or like something like- because they're like, I'm hungry. Oh, yeah, I'm hungry. Like, I would understand cutting that nub off of the fucking tree and throwing termites down your gullet if you're starving and on the brink of death, like, and be sure. chill with it. But this is them literally doing it to have a, like, purposeful snack rather than survival snack. You know what I mean? I do. I totally. And it never. they never really bring in, unless I miss something, like, Hey, we're sitting down and having this food that we brought with they us. They never I don't do. Remember seeing that? They never do. But I uh, again, it felt like we're gonna talk a little bit about the nature of Belize right now. So if you ever find yourself lost in the Belizean jungle, just g- grab that brown hump off a tree and eat some termites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I was like, if I, I hope never to be lost in this situation, but. A handy thing to keep in my back pocket just in case. Sure. <laughs> also, you know, following along your theme, apparently nobody brought water because then John cuts a vine off a tree and he's like, you thirsty, everybody? Here's some water in this vine. Well, here's the the <laughs> thing with the water in the vine, too, is that it's like four drops coming out of this. And yeah. I was like, again, if you were dying of thirst, that would be fantastic. But here you guys are... You have just entered the forest. We keep walking until Nahanda's friend, Memory, she's like, everybody stop. I got to call my mom. <laughs> hey, stop everybody. I'm calling my mom. Everyone, Could you stop? everything. Shush. Look, the world stop. must pause. I need to call my I mom. Because I got to call my mom. <laughs> it's and ridiculous. And why? To check the things that are going on on the other end. Quote. Love, love that ad And then she's like, there's no fucking signal here. And she's like, can I use your phone? You know, I use your phone. And they're all like, "My, I have a smartphone. I have a smartphone. And fucking John goes, oh, well, that those don't work here. You need to use these fucking digital. You need like a Digicel. Digicel. And then yeah. everybody's like, the professor and maestro is like, uh-uh, don't do it because the military can fucking track you with your fucking yes. digicel. So don't fucking use that shit. And then memory is like, well, I guess I can't call my mom, so I guess we got to keep going. <laughs> yeah, they all like, they they all agree. They're like, he's right. Let's keep going. Yeah. Now this digicel, this is promo here. This is full promo because... 
at the t- at the in the opening credits it says in association with Digicel. Wow. So I'm assuming wow. that they got some money from Digicel and were like, tell people if you're lost in the jungle, smart will not work for you. Digicel will get you through. <laughs> That's honestly, he might as well have turned to the camera and be like, Digicel, when you're lost in the bush. Yeah. Bing bong bong. <laughs> So they all agree with Maestro. They're like, no calls. Let's go. And at this point, we get a very quick shot and we see that the military is starting to like patrol through the jungle. Yeah. Back to our crew. John finds them a camping spot. He tells them, clean up this spot because it's almost night. I'm going to head off because I'm going to try to find a trail to the cave. Everybody starts to Jason Voorhees again, just macheting up everywhere, except for Maestro, who I love. He's like, I'm going to chill here. You young folk, you can do it. I'll just be taking a nice break. Good for you, sir. Hell yeah. We then cut to John in the woods. He makes a call using fucking trusty Digicel. 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 (laughs) Digicel. And he says, this time in a full regular American accent. Like not a hint of this Belizean accent. He says, Jimmy, I found a cave. It could be the Holy Grail of the Maya. There could be millions in there. I got to keep this brief because the military is after us, so I'll call you later. And this, the idea of a white dude switching from just like regular American accent to this Belizean accent, at first I was like, I feel weird about this. Me too. But I did look up this actor and he grew up in Belize. Uh And it reminded me honestly of my brother who has this incredible talent with especially accents in Spanish. Like, he speaks the best Spanish out of everybody in my family. Sure. But he can switch from, like, Bolivian Spanish, which is, it's all Spanish, but, like, the accent that you would have, like, here in Bolivian Spanish to Nicaraguan to Mexican, like, on a dime. Yeah. That made it feel, like, less disrespectful because at first it kind of... Was funky. I didn't know how to feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I also think... In that same breath, the switcheroo showed you, oh, this guy is not to be trusted. I think exactly. You're totally right. The movie purpose is to be like, ooh, he's kind of He's a shady, shady motherfucker. You know? Yeah, exactly. But there's something interesting to be said about like, I mean, we put accents on in Spanish that's like particularly, it just, you know, it just Comes flows out. more naturally, yeah. you know? And there is no disrespect in it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. While he's making this call, we get a shot of the military using some sort of tracking device. His Digicel has been tracked. I'm so sorry. Do you mean Uh the Wii U controller that they are using? Because that was a full-on Nintendo Wii U controller. Like Like for real? No, but it looked exactly like it. It fully looked like like a fucking PlayStation mobile. Like It looked like a video game console that they were carrying. Oh, I couldn't tell whatsoever oh i just just like they're they pulled out some sort of this will do tracking device and the phone call has been tracked back to the nintendo <laughs> so we go back to our machete swiping crew and this was so strange because some people start to kind of like look up into the sky and we see a woman flying through the trees yeah that's the ishtabai but everybody's super kind of nonchalant about it. I think it's because the bush is so uh, at this point very thick up in like the trees. Yeah. So I think we're supposed to feel like they're like, wait, did I really see that? And so it was enough to be 
like, oh, here's a flying lady, but not enough for me to be like, hey, everybody, did you see did that you... flying lady go by? Yeah, that's a, that's your, you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. And I thought for this, you know, low budge situation we're in, I was like, oh, look at that lady fly. She's <laughs> flying through. I don't know how they did that. They flew her through there. It's not yeah. CGI. She's flying. Or unless it is CGI and they did a good job. I, yeah, totally. If it was, you fooled me. We then cut back to the military on loudspeaker. They found the crew and they say, you've breached security. You need to come out now or you will be shot. And then they just start to shoot. These guys are trigger happy. Anyone and everyone. We're we're talking machine guns, like shooting like crazy. AK-47s. Yeah. And even in this like Is that a gun? Girl, are you? (laughs) I have no. Yes. Sure. Enough so, even in this low-budget movie, that I was like, this is fucked up. I'm pretty sure those were real guns. Because the shots were separated enough to be like, here they are shooting, and then cut to the people running. So I think that was probably like special like explosive effects to show that they were being shot at. But yeah. I Which think, were good. Yeah. But I think the footage of the military shooting is actual, like, guns shooting into the forest. Fuck. Oh, yeah. I hope they didn't do that. That is just crazy. Well, our crew goes running off, and thankfully nobody is shot, which is a miracle. Totally, Nobody's hurt. The military ceases fire, and the general, I don't know what the, these military terms are, but the, gen- the general looks up. He sees the Ishtabai flying, too. Yeah. And he's like, cool, there she is. Also, when she flies above the crew the first time, our, our like little gang of, of kids, you can hear that baby cry again. Yeah. This baby crying was very weird. I don't understand that. Yeah. The general calls off the shooting, and again, over loudspeaker, he says, hey, since you all ran away, you better not come back to the village or we will shoot you. So you're screwed. We cut back to our students, our crew, setting up camp for the night. And Nahanda and... Ivan. Ivan, who I called Hammock because of this (laughs) scene. (laughs) I just kept calling him Hammock. Because Ivan, you do not hear Ivan's name until the very till end. Till the end. <laughs> yes. You do not hear his name till the oh end. Oh my so god! I wrote it's hammock. hammock. It's hammock. It's hammock. <laughs> it's hammock forever. So Nahanda. Oh shit! That's <laughs> hilarious, dude. <laughs> Nahanda and Hammock. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought of uh, other names, but that was the only fuck, thing I could fucking think of. Hammock, dude. So. <laughs> okay. I'm, oh my god, that fucking really got me. So Nahanda and Hammock, <laughs> who's a very handsome guy. Very handsome. She, uh, not yeah. a very good actor, though. This oh girl. Baby. <laughs> no, I mean he's trying. So yeah. she Nahanda asks Hammock about his tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh this is so stupid uh, my fucking face i can't handle it okay <laughs> she, she asked oh, hammock wow. about his tattoo yeah yes and he's like hammock is like with well, this i got it with my sister it means it says people bound by destiny this conversation clearly ad-libbed but the idea here is Nahanda says she's scared of the Ishtabai and the fever and the Tata Duende Mm -hmm. Hammock then asks her are you afraid of death and she says 
everybody is, but he says he isn't because because it, when it's your time, it's your time. And she's and like, she it is says, not my time, ho. Yeah. I'm not trying to die right now, Ishtabai. Yeah. It's nighttime, and now everyone's hanging by the campfire. This is one of the scenes where I was like, everybody stop talking. Everybody oh, yeah. just was all over each other, like, talking and talking. And I was like, I can't concentrate. My brain is trying to differentiate whatever. And and uh, it's too argumentative and on top of each other. And I was like, shut up. It's very teenager. Very which you know talking. I Ooh, which dislike is, it's tough. a lot. It's tough. The main thing I think we're trying to get here is that they're being like, you better get us to the cave. Right. And while this is happening, one of our guys, this guy's name is Ian. Yes. And he starts hearing like weird whispering and again, like squealing. Yeah. He says he's hot. He takes his shirt off. And then he walks off. He had a good little body he did. Ooh, yeah. I was like, okay, little reveal here. (laughs) He walks to the river and we see the Ishtabai in the river. She's blonde. She's got her back to him. This wig that they gave Ishtabai. This wig was unfortunate. Um, (laughs) A mess, girl. Yeah, unfortunate. (laughs) So he, Ian gets into the water with her. She attacks him. She drowns him. We also get like our first look at her face. It's clearly like a mask. It's clearly a mask. It, yeah. it doesn't look so great, but she's ugly. You know, she's kind of hideous looking. Right. So our crew hears Ian scream. They run to the river. They find him drowned. And again, they're like, that was the Ishtabai. It was nothing else. These are the facts. Ishtabai. And they have just abandoned his body. Oh, Bye. He goes floating down the river. And they're like, see ya, Goodbye. Mommy. Nice knowing you. Yeah. We then get the pitchiest song I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> and this song is like, you're already dead. Did you follow these lyrics? No, it was not at all. a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> we get another, with this terrible pitchy song, we get another blue dream sequence right and in this sequence this is what stood out to me we're inside a cave we get a weird like shadow dance on a cave wall there's an older man with a torch we see the ishtabai doing a fire dance we see that same woman bull statue with like horrid squealing and we see like a skull hat sacrifice happening yeah like a person wearing a skull hat about to perform a sacrifice. He's holding up like some sort of either stone or knife or something up Dagger above something. his yeah. like skull hat, and it's like yeah. he's bringing it down on something or someone. Right. We then cut to Nahanda in her tent. She wakes up from this dream, and Memory and Rosalie, one of the twins, are fighting outside. They straight up start to beat the shit out of each other. Because Rosalie's freaking out. She's like, I want to go home. I want to go home. What the hell? Fucking yeah. Ian is dead. I want to go home. I want to go home. And Memory's like, we got to keep going. We, She is committed to this gig. She is like, we got to go. We got to find it. We got to do this. And Rosalie's like, no, I don't want to fucking do it. And <laughs> Memory's like, you gotta. And Rosalie just turns around and slaps the shit out of her. And all of a sudden, they are rolling on the ground, and fucking Ian and some other fucking guy, the the one, I called him Hat, because he wore a hat. I called him Bucket Hat. (laughs) I I think his name is Bobby, 
but he wore bucket hat. So I think it was Bobby. So Ian and bucket hat are fucking watching these two girls rolling on the ground, fucking beating the shit out of each other. And bucket hat is like, cat fights. Am I right? Don't you fucking love it? And fucking meow, meow, (laughs) meow, meow. And Ian is like, why? Why would you like this? Like, dude, no, we should stop it. And he's like, no, let them do it. Let them fight. I was like, Guys, you guys. Come so on. of course, Nahanda comes out to the rescue. She stops it, and Rosalie is still like, "I want to go home," which I get it. She's freaked out. Totally. This dude just fucking died. But Nahanda explains like, "You can't go home. You're gonna get shot if you go home. We have to keep, keep going. going, girl." So we continue to hike through the jungle until John brings them to Sapodilla Falls, which just looks I so beautiful and was refreshing. Like, Let's go to Belize now. now. Oh my! You can go to this place. I looked it up. That's why I wrote it down because I was like, we need to remember this when we eventually go to fucking Belize, bro. Sapodilla Falls is gorgeous, and we get this full lascivious. (laughs) This is ridiculous. It's the sequence. It's just memory, Nahanda, and the two redheaded twins. Like, look at my body in slow motion. I wrote. Is this supposed to be? Sexy because yes. Well, I, I I agree, but like the only one wearing a bathing suit, like a bikini, is Nahanda. But she's just like it's very wholesome. It's wholesome sexiness. Like the, oh, totally. The yeah. twins are wearing like a a tube top over their bathing suit. They're wearing shorts and they're in the water and they're like, but their body movements are like I'm in the they're sun like and splashing yeah. each or splashing water on each other. It's so funny but however they look like they're having the best time because they are like yeah, clearly totally. they're having such a good time here god yeah. i haven't been in a fucking place to uh, swim in a long time yeah and you know it's hot as fuck out there uh, and it must feel so good to get in there what a Ugh. dream yes and then another thing just to go keep going off of like we gotta visit belize is professor el, el maestro says no wonder they say that belize is the best kept secret and i was mm. like absolutely like they know that belize is gorgeous and beautiful i'm sure there's resorts and all kinds of stuff for all the assholes that want to do it but i think you know because it's so close to eh, mexico mexico and the yucatan over there in cancun y toda esa mierda sure. que todo el mundo se vaya y, más fácil yeah más fácil so yeah. let's go let's go to Belize but also but don't go like too many at a time. <laughs> go like a couple at a time. Just yeah. a couple of you at a time. Yeah. Not don't <laughs> Don't fuck it up for us. Yeah, you dicks. <laughs> we cut back to fun in the sun, everybody in the river. <laughs> yeah. And we see Ishtabai in full jaws mode under the water like dude c- coming Da-da. in to Catch her Never thought I would put these two movies together, but this is like Jaws and Silence of the Lambs because she's like circling her prey, but then she gives us like Buffalo Bill reaching out the hand, barely touching, like, you know what I'm talking about? Can in the we basement. Also, talk the manicure. The manicure. <laughs> and the ring. That bitch had <laughs> acrylics on, dude. I thought to myself, you couldn't have told this. At least take the ring off. Bro, that ring. At least take the ring off. (laughs) Dude. Oh, my God. But totally, I totally agree with this, like, like almost touching the legs of the girls and, like, whatever. I was like, what is this creepy business? She's real creepy about it. Especially things underwater. Ugh, that always gives me the creeps. 
So unfortunately, the Ishtabai grabs Memory, who I really enjoy. I loved Memory. <laughs> so she pulls Memory underwater. There's a lot of blood. Memory's gone. Blood in chunks, too. There was like Ooh, yeah, it was chunky chunky blood. Chunky. Gross. What's she doing to her under there? Gross. Everybody's freaking out. It starts to storm and rain, so they get out of the river. And also, so, see you later, memory. Uh, sorry about like, sorry just about like, it. Like another body left behind, bro. That's it. That's Bye, it. girl. See ya. We cut to hammock, and he is. <laughs> it's hammock. It's hammock. Oh man, we cut to hammock, and he's wringing out water from his tent. John comes up and is like, "What?" the fuck happened at the river dude hammock says we lost memory uh memory went under the water wow i just put that together <laughs> i thought when he said we lost memory he didn't remember but he oh literally means we <laughs> the lost woman memory, memory. <laughs> jesus christ so mem- he says memory went under the water and then there was blood everywhere what the fuck are we gonna do he also is saying this monologue with, with a, a full smile. smile on his face oof it was a full like, smile. And like the smile would like come back, but then at, at the top of every line, and it was like, dude, just you're talking about a, your friend was just brutally murdered. murdered and she's gone. And you're like, well, you know, hi. hi. Well, yeah. just, and you could tell that he was like trying his best to kind of control it, but it was like he just felt uncomfortable, which Absolutely. makes you, which makes you as the watcher just like, cringe central boy but he's trying he is trying he's trying so john (laughs) says this river's bad luck we got to go higher into the bush so they roll out we then see ishtabai flying through the trees crying like a baby with a toothy cgi mouth oh my god this cgi dude this photoshopped cgi situation going on was was rough she was like she would open her mouth for the baby cry and like crazy fucking fangs pennywise teeth were like popping up and then she and then it would go back to like the mask face and then again they would cgi like a hole like a big hole yeah 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 bad so she's flying through the woods, crying like a baby, and she starts to work what I assume is a magic spell on Rosalie, who is sitting near the campsite. Yes. Rosalie then sees the Ishtabai, and we get this whole like weird sped-up sequence of the Ishtabai threatening Rosalie. And we also get a quick shot of her twin sister, America, like running around. Yeah, I think it's maybe very... going to try and find Rosalie, yeah. Yes, yeah, I think you're right. This is very disorienting for for Rosalie. So she picks up a big stick. She swings it at the Ishtabai. But it turns out to be her sister, America. And she kills her own sister. Her twin sister. Promptly freaks out. Loses her shit. (laughs) And this this is is where I heard a lot of her Spanish. Yes, she was just like, mi hermana, mi hermana, la maté, mi hermana. Yeah. Yeah. And And also, also... (laughs) this is where John is like, why did Hollywood kill America? And I was like, hold on. Because literally not until you said Rosalie the first time in this episode that I was like, oh, that's one of them. I was like, alguien ahí es Rosalie, pero yo no sé quién. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so at this point I was like the only thing I know is that America one of the twins is called America so when they said why did Hollywood kill America I was like 
I'm so sorry. The other twin's name is Hollywood? Okay. And also, also like, the sentence, why did Hollywood kill America, is just... it's That is a loaded, loaded question right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. <laughs> what the fuck? I lost my fucking mind when I heard that. So, America is dead, killed by Ho- Rosalie Hollywood. The crew come in to console her. They again immediately acknowledge it was the Ishtabai and Holly. I'm just going to call her Hollywood from now on, not Rosalie. That's it. Hollywood is like, yes, it was the fucking Ishtabai. I saw her. And so Nahanda comes in and she's like, everybody calm down. Let me explain. I dreamed this. There's somebody that we're about to meet and we have to find it. I can't explain it. You just have to follow me. So they follow. And then they just leave another body behind. These guys are leaving bodies Left and right. Yep, that's it. Rot in the woods. So as they walk on, they very conveniently run into this old man who's sitting by a campfire. How convenient. (laughs) We find the man with a pipe. Yeah, just sitting by, sitting by the fire, smoking a pipe. They explain the dream and everything. And the old man explains, it's a bad spirit. I can take care of it. He does a quick limpia on Hollywood. She feels better. They agree to stay at this old man's camp for the night. And Nahan does like... What do we have to do to get rid of the Ishtabai? And the old man says, I got to find some stuff. I got to get some seeds, some herbs, a statue. And I also need to sacrifice somebody. No big deal. And that's the medicine. Just like, you know, a human sacrifice. Whatevs. (laughs) I was like, my dude. (laughs) And everybody's like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Yeah. And so now they got to deal with figuring out who the fuck is going to be the person that's sacrificed also this sweet little man he is obviously like of mayan like yucateca descent because he is a shorty mcshorterson the sweetest cutest little nugget you've ever seen he's Mm -hmm. got his little pipe and like he speaks a lot of yucateca maya and uh or nahuatl i'm not quite sure like what's the difference it's a mayan language it's a mayan language Which John Whitey Magoo is translating for the rest of this thing. Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, granted, he's supposed to be a guide and a tourist, whatever. So probably that's why. But I'm surprised that he's the one that's translating the Mayan. I wouldn't be surprised if this actor, uh, Aaron Bevins, I believe is his name, actually does understand it. I wouldn't be surprised. Good for you, dude. Know them languages. So we cut to the next morning. The old man's like, get up, everybody. And so we take off for the cave. He continues to to talk in this Mayan language throughout this whole next sequence. So we're macheting through the woods. We arrive at Offering Cave. Like, finally, we've made it. I also was like, look at this fucking cave, man. That cave was gorgeous. And also the descent is what I thought of. Totally. Yes, totally the descent. I just don't know about going into caves like this, even as like a I tourist also, thing. Yeah, I will go into the opening and look the, at the inside and be like, oh, look how pretty. Pero meterse de una sola vez, it's very scary. I looked up the cave, which also you can visit in Amazing. Belize. And I read this whole, well, I skimmed this blog post where a woman was like, I went in. Look out for those cave spiders. No, nope. That's no. 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 And I looked up the cave the cave spiders. No. Fuck it. Fuck that. Fuck no, it no, to no. hell. Straight no. To hell. So <laughs> but these people have to go in here so they gla- they grab some flashlights and some torches. They make their way into the cave as this old adorable man is reciting <laughs> these Mayan words. Yes. 
So John translates that the wall in the cave was knocked down, and that's why the Ishtabai is out and why there's fever, which we got it. Yeah. He also translates that the prophecy states that in 2012, someone would break down this wall and release the curse on the world. And only if someone comes in and performs a sacrifice can you get rid of the curse. Sure. And the final translation John gives is that they have to find some sort of relic in the cave for the cer- for the ceremony that the old man has to perform. While all of this is happening, Maestro starts to hear this, again, that weird squealing baby cry, whispering. So he disappears into the darkness and goes to see where it's coming from. Don't do it, Maestro. Come on, dude. So he comes across this huge cave wall, and on the cave wall, there's the Ishtabai doing a shadow dance. You don't see her, you just see her shadow I dancing. I love this. I thought it was oh, really... Oh, it's cool. Because... Plus, there's... there's bats flying around yeah like real bats everybody these are bats in this cave (laughs) there is a bat in your cave (laughs) (laughs) so maestro is fully entranced and then in the shadow you see the face of the ishtabai which i honestly not full jump but i was like oh i also wrote that i i had a mini jump and i was like oh i don't i don't mind this i think this is kind of cool was not expecting it whatsoever so yeah. in the Ishtabai shadow, her face kind of pops up and it rushes him and he is set ablaze. Ablaze. <laughs> Fully so the, ablaze. So R.I.P. He's gone. El maestro. Bye, dude. So the crew hear him scream. They run to find him and all that is left are bones, which I was like, Alucarda, is that you? Wow. Absolutely. I wrote that too. I was like, dude. fucking Alucarda up in here. Yeah. Just, Just like... Making people into dust. <laughs> also, I'm so sorry, no. but Hollywood is also like having a mental breakdown. Full. It this would this is what it made me feel like. Finally, these actors are like feeling more comfortable, like acting, and they are going yes. for it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, we cut to John. He's rappelling deeper into the to the cave system, clearly up to no good. And meanwhile, Nahanda realizes that she's found the right spot from her dreams. And this is where the statue is going to be. She's able to find it. The little Mayan one with the with the headpiece, it looks like. So she says, she says, but there's still another statue that we need to find. We then cut back to John and he is also searching for a statue and he finds the weeping woman with the bowl statue. Right. But obviously his intentions are not, not good. good. So John and Nahanda's crew kind of bump into each other. Nahanda's like, hey, you found the, the other statue. Give it here because yeah, we need get, this to perform this. this ceremony. Let's fucking get rid of this Ishtabai. John says, nope, I already sold it. I cannot leave the cave without it if I don't take it. I'm going to be killed. Because he says, I'm in debt, is what he says. Yeah, so Hammock tries to stop John. They start to fight, which I was like, please be careful on these rocks. Oh, my God, that's... One false move? Dude, I fully... That's all I thought about. I was like, oh, my God, you're landing on these spiky... Because it's like stalagmites and stalactites. Like, it's up and down. It's just a cave. And they're really going for it. Yeah, dude. They're really going for it. I was like, are they actually fighting? Yeah. Watch your head, everybody. Yeah. So, John then straight up stabs Hammock. Bro. Like, a lot. As he's fucking being stabbed, Hammock's like, Nahanda, run. Yeah. And then uh, John runs off. Rosalie and... uh, Nope. Rosalie and Bucket... (laughs) What did we call him? (laughs) Bucket Hat. Hollywood and Bucket Hat. Yeah, so, right. Hollywood and Bucket Hat come in and try to help Hammock, but it's too late. 
Hammock says, go help Nahanda. He dies and they run off. We cut to the old man and now he's wearing the skull, but it's on a cowboy hat. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's also, we should say it's an animal skull. So it's like a longer snout and it looks like the jawbone is coming at his jawbone, it seems like. Yeah. But it is perched upon a the cowboy straw hat cowboy hat. Adorable and ridiculous. So he's preparing this sacrifice ceremony on this rock formation. And meanwhile, like kind of off in the corner, the Ishtabai is doing like a, doing a shadow dance. dance silhouette routine. With her fucking horrible wig. <laughs> Nahanda arrives with the statue that she's got. She's got both statues now. Yeah, she's got both now. Yeah. So she arrives with her statues. She gives them to the old guy. And he's already like trying to ward the Ishtabai off because she's working her wiles over there in the corner. And at this point, Nahanda's like, it's got to be me. I got to be the sacrifice E, I guess. Yeah. So she gets on top of the rock formation. The elder starts to chant. He raises the dagger. Nahanda screams. And then we cut to seeing John. And he's approaching this rock formation ceremony site. He secretly steals the woman bull statue, but he's intercepted by Hollywood and Bucket Hat, who beat the fucking shit out of him, and and Hollywood bashes his head in with a huge stone. Badass. Yeah. They he just killed Hammock, so Yeah. This is our vengeance, Dick. Totally. And then and then Nahanda. Nahanda comes running (laughs) in asking, where the hell is that statue? And so she grabs the woman bull statue. She places his back on the rock formation. And at this point, you can tell that the Ishtabai is kind of losing power or she's being affected by this ceremony. Right. The old man then grabs the rock that Hollywood used to smash John's head. He pours the blood from the rock onto the woman bull statue. The Ishtabai freaks out. Loses her shit. The old man then like releases what looks like an electric blast of energy at the Ishtabai. She explodes and she's gone. Peace out, Ishtabai. And uh, he's like, he's the old guy who stood up like, Ishtabai will not come back ever. She's gone. See ya. Our remaining crew celebrates and then they get the fuck out of there. So three, they did three it. Three of them. Three survivors. Three, three left over yeah. from a fat crew like that were there were a lot of people eight people including the guide that's a lot of death that's yeah i remember like when it was just them at the end i was like damn a lot of them didn't make it holy shit totally totally so we then hear this lovely song called long time boy as this beautiful what's it called long time boy as this gorgeous song is playing we three we see our three just three of them remaining pals they're walking back to town and you can see that the military is kind of walking with them so clearly things are it's, chill they're not now. a threat anymore yeah, yeah right bucket hat is like hey nahanda look he points something out you see that it's tommy her little brother nahanda and tommy rush to each other they embrace it's adorable we see the military loading into their truck. They drive off, and then we see the words "dat da de end," which means that's the end. That's the end. Scene. That's it. And then we do get some like cute behind-the-scenes footage of like all these actors and crew having a good time, which was very sweet. I know that's what I wrote. I said it's very sweet. I said yeah, I, and I I wrote down written and performed by, and then that whole gang. And I was like, so I bet that's why they were all talking over each other because it's totally. Fully, it's an ad lib film. Yes. But fully what I ad-lib. like 
is that this director gave them the credit of like it was all them you know what i mean especially because aside from matthew clink who is canadian Mm -hmm. everybody was from belize i'm pretty sure or at least the the vast majority of people working yeah were people from belize which i think is fabulous in these credits is where i saw that they thank the the tv like the news crew but also they thank the military so that's why i believe it's actual military and not only that but they show footage of a general or someone in charge talking to like the soldiers being like this is we're going in and it's gonna be like an actual like we're actually being military like this is real this is real bro so don't be a dick and i was like okay that's kind of scary yeah um but basically being like act yeah <laughs> you know what don't I mean? fuck it up yeah Holmes. great well here we are do you want to get into some trivia yeah can i go please please go let's do this great well obviously i was like who the fuck is ishtabai so yes let's talk about it as usual our sweet friend wikipedia has established this um not established this has provided this lovely information uh la ishtabay spelled x-t-a-b-a-y which is just a different version of spelling from what we had is a yucatec maya myth about the female demon ishtabay a supernatural femme fatale who preys upon men in the Yucatan Peninsula. She is said to dwell in the forest to lure men to their deaths with her incomparable beauty. She is described as having beautiful, shining black hair, which our Ishtabai did not have. (laughs) She had blonde blonde. curls. (laughs) Uh, Shining black hair that falls down to her ankles and wearing a white dress, which also she was wearing a black dress. dress, Yeah, just switch it. So this might be like the Yucatan Peninsula version of it. So this might be a more San Antonio, which is or San Antonio version of of Ishtabai. So the legend goes as follows. There are two equally beautiful women, Ishkebang and Utskolel. They lived in a village or a pueblo in the Yucatan Peninsula. And sometimes the women are said to be sisters in this uh, legend myth Mm -hmm. of these women. Ishkebang was treated poorly by her community for her promiscuous behavior while Utskolel was considered virtuous for remaining celibate, and the people of the village planned to exile Ishkeban, but they decided to allow her to remain in order to further humiliate her. Despite her ill treatment, Ishkeban tended to the poor, the sick, and animals in need, and in in contrast to Ishkeban, Utskolel was cold-hearted and believed that she was superior to those around her, especially those socially below her. The townspeople adored Utskolel because of her celibacy, but they overlooked her cruelty because of it. Oh. So Ishkeban dies, and several days after Ishkeban's death, the townspeople discovered her body guarded by animals and surrounded by fragrant flowers. The homeless and poor, whom Ishkeban had helped during her life, held a funeral for her, and soon afterward, a mysterious, sweet-smelling flower grew around her grave, <gasps> for Ishkabang had meta- metamorph- metamorphosed? Metamorf- metamorphosed? Metamorphosed? Sure, metamorphosed? Metamorphosed. Metamorphosed. <laughs> 
Wow. For Ishkebang had metamorphosed into a species of morning glory called, in the Maya language, Ishtabentung. So Ishtabentung. Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't that really pretty? Yeah, that's really lovely. Ishtabentung is a lax, clambering vine that sprawls through hedges. Like, you definitely have seen this plant before. Sure. The, the translation you gave me sounds very familiar. Mor- morning glory is a very yeah. popular plant. Ishtabentung is a lax, clambering vine that sprawls through hedges, scenting the air with its festoons of delicate white trumpets. And it is said Mm. that the reason it seeks such shelter is that it is defenseless. It has no thorns, just as Ishkebang had been had felt defenseless when she was a human. Now, I know you're wondering, what the fuck does this have to do with this horrible demon Ishtabentung? So, Utskolel, the other one, maybe sister, haughtily believed that her dead body would smell better than Ishkaban's because of her purity. However, her dead body had an unbearable smell. (gasps) The entire pueblo gathered for her funeral, and they put flowers around her grave that disappeared the next day. Utskolel became the foul-smelling flower of the Tsakam cactus. And then that gives me a whole bunch of, like, <laughs> science words that I science will shit. ignore. Um, <laughs> ignore science. Uh, please don't. Science is great, everybody. Please don't. <laughs> Utskolel prayed to evil spirits who fulfilled her desire to become a woman again so that she too might become a beautiful flower in death. But incapable of love and motivated only by jealousy and rage, she became instead the demon Ishtabai, outwardly a beautiful woman, but inwardly cruel and predatory of heart. So the actual myth of Ishtabai is that It's said that she wears a white dress and to have large black eyes and long black hair down to her ankles, which she uses to attract men who are out late at night. She waits behind a Seba tree, which is a sacred tree in the Mayan culture, and is said to comb her hair with the spines of the Tsakam cactus, which is the cactus that... La otra se volvió. Mm-hmm. She lures men deep into the forest, making them lost and disoriented before having sex with them. Once they've had sex, Ishtabai transforms into a poisonous serpent and devours them. Ooh. In other vo- versions of the myth, the Ishtabai can appear in any form or sex she chooses in order to lure any person to their doom. Ishtabai will lie in wait under a tree to seduce her victim before throwing them over a cliff and finally ripping out their heart. Fuck. An alternate version of the legend, also particular in Quintana Roo, which is in, uh-huh. in yeah. by Cancun and Yucatan, states that Ishtabai is the punisher of drunks, thieves, and violent criminals. Behave, everybody. Yeah, everybody be good or else the Ishtabai is going to fucking grab you. So Belize Travel Blog says the Ishtabai might look gorgeous, but don't be charmed by her striking good looks. This mythical malicious creature preys on Belizean men. She lures them back to her Seba tree home where they meet a grisly end. One version of the story tells of a 15-year-old boy who often disobeyed his mother and stayed out late. One night, he came across the Ishtabai and found himself seduced by her flowing raven hair and sweet voice. 
they embraced and the Ishtabai transformed into a thorny tree with needles that pierced every part of the boy's body. She disappeared as quickly as she arrived and he returned home to nurse his wounds, determined to mind his mother in the future. (laughs) Oh, he survived. Yeah, he survived. So that's a little behind the behind the scenes look at who Ishtabai was. Very cool. And then the other thing that I was like, I heard it and was really, I was like, what does what's that? Uh, was uh-huh. when so when Nahanda is talking to Hammock. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never not be funny to me. <laughs> so when Nahanda's talking to Hammock, she's like, I'm I'm afraid of Ishtabai and the Tataluende. So I was like, yeah. who the fuck is Tataluende? Well, Wikipedia says the Tata Duende or El Dueño del Monte is a supernatural creature appearing in cultural folklore stories mostly evident in Mayan and Mestizo cultures. The Tata Duende is considered a powerful spirit that protects animals and the jungle. There are many stories that have been passed on from generation to generation to warn against this mischievous spirit. This creature has appeared on a postage stamp of Belize as part of a series on Belizean folklore. The name Tata Duende comes from the Yucatec Maya word Tata, meaning grandfather or old, and the word Duende is Spanish for goblin. The Spanish term Duende originated as a contraction of the phrase Dueño de Casa or Duende Casa. Oh, wow. Possessor possessor of a house and was originally conceptualized as a mischievous spirit inhabiting a house. So un duende de la casa would be creepy. Also in Yucatec Maya, that in the language Yucatec Maya, the Tata Duende is known as Nucuchtat. And one last thing on the Tata Duende, also from Belize Travel Blog, is deep in the Belizean jungle lives Tata Duende. There lives an ugly little man with backwards feet, a big red hat, and no thumbs. Ah. He greets the children who walk the jungle trails politely and asks to see their hands. Belizean parents warn children to never oblige, lest Tata Duende rip their thumbs clean off. (gasps) The problem is, you can never be quite sure you're in Tata Duende's presence, although his haunts probably won't be on a tour for your typical luxury Caribbean cruise. <laughs> this okay. sneak this, I know. This sneaky man will often change into a small animal or even someone you know. Ugh. Perhaps it's best to keep your hands hidden in your pockets if you're ever walking through the Belizean forests. So those are two fun little folklore Love. stories that I thought the was the backward really feet. Great. Blah, 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 blah. It made that me think of, me of tegu, not Tegucigalpa, la, la, tuli, la, la, tuli, la, la tuli, tuli Vieja. Tuli Vieja. Tuli Vieja. Yeah, totally. Ooh, that's creepy. creepy. Yeah. Uh, I love, love hearing shit like that. Me too. It's so Even though it gives uh, me the full creeps. It's full creepville. Like, so often these, like, women-based monsters are, like, these moral tales of like if you're if you're bad you're gonna i like the twist in this one that like 
she was promiscuous, but she still cared for the people around her. And so she got to come back as a beautiful flower and a, like a sensitive and all that stuff. Yeah. And then the one who was beautiful and pure turned out to be a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. And that she, um, it says that the Ishtabai prayed after drunks yeah. and like thieves and fucking bad men. Exactly. So, I love that. Totally. But interesting, like, why keep your hands in your pockets? I don't under like, what are you trying to tell us? With well, that? for for Tata Duende is because he wants your thumbs. So keep your hands in your pockets so he won't eat your thumbs. But I understand that. But like, what's the morality tale there? Like, what are we telling you not to? What are we telling you? Don't fucking fuck don't around touch with the jungle. Don't, like, yeah. yeah. Stop. Don't touch shit that doesn't belong to you, basically. Uh, yeah, probably. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Great. That's it. That's my. I That's figured, awesome. Because I know that you have some fun stuff with other stuff. So I was like, I'll let Johnny. I love hearing that shit. Yeah. The more the more we learn about that stuff, the better. Honestly, yeah. I just love that shit. And we've covered that a little bit on like I think we talked about it on Diablo Rojo. The, the evil, yes, oh. Diablo Rojo, but evil Santa Claus. Oh, um, uh, Krampus. On Krampus, hello, and also a little bit on Santa Claus, right? Yeah. We did. I think we talked a little bit about this stuff, which. I want more. It's so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Love that trivia. So let's see here. What have I got? So I already mentioned before, but like all these places we saw, like Sapodilla Falls, Offering Cave, you can go there. You can visit these places. Amazing. So support it. <laughs> go there. When um, we can. But be don't respectful. Do, don't do it yeah. now when there's coronavirus, y'all. Don't do it now. But apparently at Offering Cave, people have been full assholes there. So they're being a lot more careful with it because there are actually Mayan artifacts in that cave. Oh, amazing. The song, Long Time Boy, heard near the end of the film, is sung by Nadia Katus, who is a famous Belizean singer. Amazing. I love that song. Gorgeous. So gorgeous. She's got a lot of credits, most of which I couldn't place, but check her out because great voice, lovely music. Spotify. Look up Daniel Velasquez films on YouTube. I believe he was like a producer on this film or he worked on this film with Matthew Klink. And on his YouTube page, he's got a full documentary on there called 2012 Curse of the Ishtabai, The Making Of. So, wow. And it's like an hour long. Wow. So if you want to find out more, check out that documentary. Uh, let's see here. I found a movie review of this movie. Hello. Yeah. From SanPedroSun.com, which I guess is a local Belizean newspaper written by Mary Gonzalez, who is... A, a woman who is from San Antonio Village mm -hmm. in Cayo, Belize. I t highly recommend reading her review because it's. I found it really funny because she didn't really enjoy the film. Sure. But, <laughs> but she also, she presents like a native Belizean, like literally from the town that this is about. She presents her perspective Amazing. on what it's like for her town to be kind of explored by this white director. Belizean cast and crew, but white director. Sure. So she talks about how she was told these these kind of folk tales by her grandma about the Ishtabai and about how in Belize it was the thorns. Like that's particularly how she attacks people, which right. I thought was so, so cool. And I just want to read this one little line she said here. So while she wasn't crazy about the film, she did say that it showed the, that we have a budding film industry that with the right management, enough time, and a little research into the storylines... I'm looking at you, future filmographers of our lost folktales. We can be looking at a little Hollywood right here in Belize. Matthew, the, the director, stated that since he's been here since he arrived in October 2011, he has been inspired by so much of what he's seen. 
She continues, I believe Matthew is sincere in his desire to bring an excellent film industry to the country, which I thought was very street. That is very, very street. Mm-hmm. Very sweet. Very street. So on that note, we should talk about this director, Matthew Clink, this Canadian man who unfortunately was murdered in Whoa. 2016. Let's get into this, which is pretty dark, everybody. So this is also from the San Pedro Sun. It says here, film director Matthew Klink murdered in Cayo. This is from Tuesday, January 5th, 2016. Director of La Isla Bonita Telenovela, which apparently he started wow. in Belize, which is very cool. Uh, Matthew Klink has been found dead near a home in the Cayo district. The body of the 37-year-old Canadian was found on Monday, January 4th, 2016 at around 8.40 p.m., and he was killed apparently during a burglary as his home had been ransacked, according to police reports. Holy shit. Cut to another article from the same news service, San Pedro Sun. It says here, two charged for Matthew Klink's murder. Oh, they caught them. This was from Tuesday, January 12th, 2016. Only four days after the discovery of his body at the home he had been house-sitting, police have managed to not only arrest, but charge two two teenagers believed to have committed the murder. Dude, 19-year-old Brandon Anderson and a 16-year-old minor were jointly arraigned on Friday, January 8th, with one count of murder and one count of conspiracy to commit murder. Wow. Burglary remains as the main motive of the murder as the teens were found in the possession of a large amount of money, $4,000, believed to have belonged to Clink. And I believe this was in cash. Wow. One other article here. Well, two more articles. Also from San Pedro Sun, filmmaker Matthew Clink's alleged killers set free. <gasps> This is from Thursday, December 5th, 2019. Wow, not too long ago. Fast forward. 22-year-old Brandon Anderson and a minor who were charged for the murder of Matthew Klink were acquitted of the charges on November 7th and set free. The duo appeared before Justice Antoinette Moore at the Belmopan City Supreme Court where it was determined there was insufficient evidence to convict the pair for murder. Last little article from cbc.ca, which is a Canadian news outlet. It says here, this I, I don't know who wrote the other ones. I couldn't find names, but this was written by Amanda Pfeffer. It says, family of slain Gatineau film Filmmaker devastated by not guilty verdict. There's no justice there, Clink's mother, Louise Dallaire, I believe is how you pronounce that last name. That's what she said to Radio Canada. It brought me back to the same place I was in four years ago. All the emotions came back. This article says the court heard the two accused knew each other and that Anderson and Clink had been friends, according to the lawyer, Banner. Banner told CBC, which is this this Canadian news place, that the judge threw out several pieces of key evidence, including the confession from Anderson. The defense argued police had obtained the the confession illegally. He said the judge also found police inappropriately interrogated the 16-year-old without a parent or guardian present. Oh, wow. Most significantly... She ruled police had mishandled DNA evidence. Oh, shit. Banner said, at the end of the day, it's sad because the system doesn't work. It doesn't work because the police failed to do what they were supposed to do. Wow. So love and condolences to this family and RIP Matthew Clink. Awful. That's a rough one. But I don't think we can talk about this movie with, without talking about what happened to the director. Well, now to completely switch, uh, you want to answer some questions for me? Here, let me ask. Okay. Were you scared? No. 
Or you? Me neither. Okay. <laughs> the best scare. For me, it was Ishtabai sneaking up in the river because I hit I, I, anything under the water, eating somebody. Not the, the Ian attack, the memory attack. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like it. Anything eating you in the water, fucked up. How about you? For me, it was the very top where the music came in, where it scared me, like literally <laughs> made me jump. <laughs> and um, Oh, unintentional scare. That's unintentional perfect. scare at the top or the Ishtabai shadow reveal when she popped up in the shadow but i think i'm gonna give it to the top because i definitely jumped higher then <laughs> awesome uh, let's give it to the top it deserves it give it to the top uh who was your favorite character nahanda i really liked i actually really liked her performance i think she's a good actress love that dress that dress Love that she was just she was so committed i i thought she was the best love that she was like i am gonna be sacrificed it's cool it's gonna be me yeah i thought she was great how about you I love the little pipe guy, the little Yucateco pipe guy. <laughs> How can you not? So cute. The best. Um, what was your best line? I don't know who said this line, but it was, damn, dude, that's some Blair Witch Project shit right there. You're going to get me with that line. I love that. And mine I think I know what yours was, is. <laughs> why did Hollywood kill America? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Honestly, so good. Honestly, why did Hollywood kill America? Uh, what was your best death? I'm also going to give this to memory in the river because water deaths, anything eating you under the water. I don't know what she did to her underwater, but something memory in the river. Yeah. Fucked up. Uh, for me, it was uh, El Maestro in the cave. Just set ablaze. <laughs> I, totally unexpected. I really liked the shadow dancing before it and yeah. uh, and then just like spit a fireball on him and then he's just fully <laughs> dust and all you have is a skeleton left behind i thought that was great yeah um did you learn anything from the culture a little bit like yeah i learned about the ishtabai and specifically from what you told us about how she is seen in belize which i'd like to specifically hear that yeah uh i learned a little bit about you know like the falls the cave Things to do in the Belizean jungle if you're lost out there. And unfortunately, I learned about this murder, which was not fun. But yeah, I, I did learn from this movie. I sure did. So How did I. I learned a lot. I even, even yeah. like, besides doing the my own research with, like, Ishtabai and all that stuff, even though I was annoyed by it, but I liked that they're like, this is a tree with a termite nug nugget. Fucking yeah. eat that. And this is a, a branch. You cut it, you get water. And yeah. Digicel is the phone to have when you're in Belize. Like, that's, I was like, you're giving us information about the country. This is fucking, look at this cave. Look at these falls. Like, I was like, there is fully Belize information. So, yes. Definitely learned a lot. And also, if that dress is a Belizean style dress, I want it. Agree. So bad. That's it. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> How many ooies do you give this movie? I'm going to give this movie three ooies. Wow. And I, I think part of that is honestly out of respect for the dead. The thing is, a lot of times what we say here is like, if you had a bigger budget and this and that and that, but it's like, because we're going to watch so many movies like this, it's like, we I, I just have to appreciate it for what it is. And right. I like the ad-libbing. I thought some of it was actually pretty convincing. What they they did what they could with the effects as much as I found it like, you know, kind of ridiculous. I you still did it. You worked it out. Yeah. You made this full movie happen in 4 days. I followed your plot. I found it interesting. You showed me Belize, which I knew very little about and you showed me like a lot of what felt very Belizean. I felt like I was there with them 
I I had a good time. So I'm going to give it three. How about you? I'm going to give it two. And I agree with everything you're saying, except for the ad lib part, which was very frustrating <laughs> to me. We're often going to come across with the statement, if there was a bigger budget. Right. And I think they did a great job with what they had. And the fact that they took folklore to make this film, you know, and be in the space, in the Belizean jungle, in these Belizean caves and all that stuff, and find uh, Yucateca people, like that sweet little Mayan man, and, like, have... Yucatec Maya spoken, which is also something in Belize. And like, that's all lovely. Give me a script. Mm. Because I feel like if you have a script that is written out and gives you that information properly and have it be organized and you could convey all this wonderful information about Belize in a better, more understandable way. Love hearing Creole and like all that stuff. Like love that. I which I think the ad ad lib definitely helped bring more Creole into the the language of the film. But like you can do that with script too. Like I just needed it to be a little bit less chaotic. If you're gonna have seven people be your main cast and have all that, like you just need to have a little bit more organization so that your audience doesn't feel overwhelmed, which I which happened a lot for me. Sure. But other than that, I really appreciate everything that it delivered and and you know for me the ooze are the scare factor and because I there was none mm-hmm. that's why I give it to I think that's such a good point about the script because it felt like they didn't they either didn't take the time or didn't have the time right I would like to give Matthew back Matthew clink the benefit of the doubt and hope that he would write this with actual people from Belize to tell this story and then we could have gotten more of like specific folklore specificity but on the other hand because he they were running on such like a tight schedule or whatever the fact that he was like this is the idea you just talk i appreciate that he like he gave them the space to do that you know what i'm saying agreed and i think that's great but if you're gonna promote the ad lib vibe of it there's a way of doing it without making it feel like madness. And I think that's a failure on the behalf of this film. But other than that, we had a great job, gang. (laughs) Yeah, I laughed a lot. You know, not a lot of scares, but... And it's on YouTube. You could totally watch this on YouTube. On YouTube, guys. Watch it on YouTube. Have a fun time. Listen to this beautiful, like it's Creole is gorgeous. Yes. Yucatec Maya is also lovely to listen to. It's really nice to look at. I mean, yeah. granted, it's not great quality because it is on YouTube. No, it's nice thing, to look at because like, of like jungles and waterfalls and it looks yeah, just wonderful out there. For sure. Yeah. So give give this Belizean film a chance. Hell it's yeah, do it. A, a fun time. <laughs> great. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you guys are... Listen, did this, did this give you as much wonderlust as it gave us? Yes, probably. Just Fingers crossed soon enough we'll be able to see the world again. Until then, see the world with us. Watch Latin America through these films because it's awesome. And so many of them give you a little peek into 
their culture and what they look like and the beauty and it's fantastic. You gotta make sure and follow us on social media. We're at Uikorror on Twitter and on Instagram. You can send us an email at uikorror at gmail.com. Follow our network at Sonoro Podcast also on Insta and Twitter. They have lots of great Latinx context context content <laughs> for your ear holes and it's fun stuff just like ours is fun stuff our stuff is fun so and oh subscribe and rate and review Please. the more you rate and review us the more we will be visible to other potential listeners which is what we want to do all the time hello Fame and fortune. Hello. <laughs> exactly. Give us fame and fortune, please. Uh, uh, other than that, Johnny, I fucking love you. I fucking love you, too. See you next time, guys. Adios. Adios. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.